Welcome to Book in a Pint, Episode 6. In this episode, we're joined by Anne C. Miles, author of Sorrowfish, to talk about bards, portal fantasy, and the important things. Like, what's your favorite random sheep fact? Episode six with me, Michael Evan, and me, James Jenkins. All right, episode six. Milestone. It is. It's a milestone. It's uh, it's double of three. Yeah, and if there was any doubt, if we were questioning before how many episodes we actually got through, um, this is definitely one hundred percent the milestone. Yeah, for us, it's a milestone. Yeah. (laughs) So I think we started. I. I, It's funny. I was actually reading um, because I have all this shit archived on my fantasy sci-fi focus uh website and when we started out we remember we were doing the kind of like back and forth scripted written thing where we would take an author and they're like messenger conversations yeah yeah like we had a messenger conversation and then we would like transcribe it and post it and i think we did one on like rob hayes and one on um ct phipps um one of his vampire books or something like that yes uh thankton which I, hear, I think you just finished the fourth one, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, Vampires for Life or Vampiras for Life. I, yeah. I want to call it Vampires for Life, but I don't know if that A is a, a frequent type. I got to ask him about that. Um, yeah, I'm sure there is like a way to pronounce it properly, but we are both too white to do so. <laughs> Luckily, the guy that reads the audiobooks is black, so like we'll get the right pronunciation there. Nice, nice. Um, so, uh, Anything new in your uh, in your life in your neck of the woods? Uh, yeah, sorta. I I have discovered. I've I'll show you. I've fallen down a rabbit hole. I bought literally? a three. I no, well, maybe literally. I don't know. Uh, I bought a three D printer a few months ago. Oh. And dude. I just bought a second one like a couple weeks ago, and that. Anyway, what I'm getting to is I I haven't watched Space Jam yet, but right. I did print a pirate ship. Nice. Have you printed a three-hole punch yet? No, I haven't done that. I, I watched, so ever since I saw the very first, like, YouTube video demonstration of 3D printers, uh-huh. I, I don't know why, but the very first one I saw was, like, just somebody making a replica of a, of a three-hole punch. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't, wasn't, it wasn't even a three-hole punch. It was one of those, like, old-school, like, where you hold it, like, with a vice grip, and you do, it's like a single-hole punch. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was so fucking cool. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything like that. So you must be, like, just having tons of fun with that shit. Yeah, I got, like, one resin printer and one filament printer. I've nice. hinted at it before, but I am, uh, I play a lot of Dungeons & Dragons because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I'm actually running four, like, ongoing campaigns right now. Right. And a couple of those campaigns, everyone has been vaccinated, and we are we all feel like safe enough with each other that we're playing in person again. Yeah, but so I'm, I'm, I'm printing all the shit, like just <laughs> terrain and minis, and it's that's it's awesome crazy. though. But the world is just fucked up. Like honestly, with, yeah. with this, with this whole COVID thing, like um, I don't even know what's going on. Like I look at our numbers are like rising every day, and now I'm getting like. Uh, these stats like I didn't give a shit like I wasn't one of those people that like 
I, I with my kids, I did like I didn't send them to regular school, but that's just because my father-in-law has a compromised immune system, and okay. I I wanted us to be able to see him. Uh, but uh, with us, we were we were still kind of doing stuff. I mean, obviously wearing masks, and but I didn't like when restaurants opened. I went to a restaurant and stuff like that, or I would order takeout because uh, what the fuck is life without takeout? Um, and uh, but now it's like like you know almost 800 new cases and a few hundred of them are double vaccinated people. So yeah, like go no, figure. The, the, the Delta variants just rampaging. Uh, my, my brother, he's doing okay now, but he, he was filming a movie in Texas a few weeks ago oh, and he actually weeks. came home, had a fever of one Oh seven. He went to the doctor. The doctor was like, you've been vaccinated. He was like, yeah. He's like, Oh, then you're fine. Here's some uh, like antibiotics or whatever. Then he went to get the test and it came back positive. But yeah, for, like it, he's a special case. Like when he gets sick, he gets sick. So it's oh. like, yeah, I'm not surprised. But yeah, it's crazy though. Like, um, like I have like like through work, like I have a lot of friends in Texas, and mm-hmm. uh, it seems like, and I mean, from what I understand, like um, like your government, like the U.S. government, is going pretty hard on Florida and Texas right now. I mean, Florida, obviously too. You know, like. Mike Barron can attest to that, but um, yeah, Florida and Texas have a very high um, non-vaccination rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we don't want to impede on their freedoms, Michael. They 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 have rights, and that right is to die because they don't want to get a needle in their arm. Right. I don't want to sound political. I'm sorry to anyone that doesn't want to get vaccinated, but you should get vaccinated so your friends don't die. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I'm like I was freaking out about the needle because I haven't had a needle in years, and um, I'm like. If you ask my wife, like, there's nobody that's a worse dude, man cold. Yeah. Ass. Like, there's nobody that gets a man cold worse than me. If I get yeah. a man, if I get, if I, if I sneeze, I'm like, baby, I'm dying. I don't know what to yeah. do. I'll like lie in bed and cry. And I went and I got these two vaccinations. So seriously, I don't want to like stand on a, I don't want to, I don't want to like, I don't want to the soapbox thing and like preach to people. But really this is like, it's, if people don't do this, it's never going to go away. And it will keep coming back. And if yeah. people keep opening shit and, and going to movie theaters and amusement parks and rock concerts and shit like that, acting like nothing is going to happen, this will never fucking end. Yeah, I, I, I will confess I did go. I I've been pretty like very, I'll be honest, probably more cautious than is necessary in a lot of times, mostly because my fiance is just she's she has health issues. And right. like if she gets sick and something happens to her, I will find the person that got her sick and make them pay for it. Right. But uh, after we both got vaccinated, um, we actually went and we saw Black Widow in the theaters. But like we we showed up and it was us and three other people. So like we sat on one end of the theater, they sat on the other, wore masks. I mean, I took masks off the popcorn, but like I felt safe doing it. But then, then the Delta thing really kicked up and I was like, well, I guess uh, we'll have to wait and see before we can, like, go again. But, but yeah, I've been very overly cautious. Uh, but as far as the shot goes, like, if needles are your concern, I I don't think I've had a less painful shot in my life. No, I, I didn't even – I honestly didn't feel it. Like, it was yeah. one of those everybody, – everybody says this shit, like, oh, you turn around and you're like, okay, when are you going to do the thing already? And they're like, yeah. I've already done. But, but that's exactly what it was. Stuff. Now, I will say I I – that there, I had one day where I was like, nope, I'm dying. I'm, I had that man culture talking about. Yeah. 
I lay in bed and was like, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. But well, then the next day I was fine. And it's like, all right, cool. I, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Well, that's the, that's the fucked up thing too with me was, um, that I got my second, my first shot, I was fine. Totally fine. Okay. Second shot put me out for a few days. And then I finally, you know, after I started feeling better and that's when I went to the beach and that's when all that, you know, <laughs> happened. And then I there was like, and then after that, I got this non COVID fucking man cold with this pain. Yeah. And it was, anyway, the rest is history. You can listen to episode. Yeah. Three it's of, uh, episode three. Yeah. It's up there. <laughs> it's, it's archived for your enjoyment. But anyway, this is, Michael for being old. This is so, but back to, so you got this, so you got this 3d printer, which is fucking yeah. cool. Very jealous. Um, anything else, uh, happening? Uh, no, man, I got stuck in a traffic jam for two hours today, but that was about it. My, my life's pretty boring. Commuting sucks. Yeah, I had to commute farther too. Like I work oh. half an hour away from home, but our sister company is like another half hour past that. So I had to go up there today to do some training. And then as I left, I get like the notification, like, yeah, there's been a fatal crash, you know, this far south. And it's like, well, that's like 30 minutes from here. It should be okay. I hit the crash and it took me two hours to get through it. So what was normally an hour drive took me two and a half hours, which for people that commute, they're probably like, yeah, you fucking baby. But for me, it was like, I hate my life and everyone in the world. Dude, I live in Toronto and it literally like there's no worse city right now for morning traffic. Like, fortunately, yeah. I go anywhere, really. Like, I I go north. I take my kids to their program and it's like way north. So I'm driving like out into the country and there's nothing. Okay. There. But, yeah, like, country's nice. If I like if I was going to drive my wife to work and she was actually working, she doesn't even live downtown. Um, but you're looking at like a close to two hour drive, like to oh, get man. her there. And then like in the afternoon, like another two and a half hour drive to get her back. It's it's. Yeah, really yeah. Um, but, uh, other than that, that's, um, I, I got, I, I went away. Actually. Yeah. I actually want to ask, it was for your birthday slash anniversary. How'd that go? It was good, man. Honestly, it was really relaxing. It was good to feel good. Uh, it was good to, uh, we, we go to this place called blue mountain. It's kind of like, uh, in the winter people ski there and in the summer they, uh, hike and there's like a little village and there's restaurants and shit. We've been okay. going for, like our, we went for three, for three days this year cause we were, celebrating um uh we went for for my birthday my wife's birthday and our 19 year anniversary um nice. so we decided to take our dog with us um so we <laughs> what kind of dog do you have it's a he's a french bulldog and i uh okay. we didn't want to like leave him with my parents because we thought he might get freaked out and they do have hotels that are dog friendly yeah uh, so we found one and it was fine uh we knew there were going to be times where we would maybe leave the dog in the hotel for a few hours um come back and get him and it was like you know, put a do not disturb sign on. They're not allowed to go in the room. So, you know, the room was air conditioned. Everything was fine. Um, sure. The thing that I didn't realize about dogs, because this is not fucking my wife deals with the dog and like my kids deal with the dog. I don't I deal with the dog and I'm like, oh, he's so fucking cute or whatever, you know, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, throw him a ball every once in a while, let him bring it back to me and whatever. But the uh, taking the dog out to use to go to the bathroom shit like I don't I don't generally do that. And yeah. What I didn't realize is that this dog has this routine where he wakes up at like sometimes two, three in the morning mm. and he starts like, you know, jumping around and sniffing around. And my wife's like, baby, the dog needs to go outside. So my first reaction is, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm in a hotel. It's three o'clock in the morning. You're telling me I have to go down and get dressed, get in an elevator at three o'clock in the morning to take this dog out, take a shit. Yep. But I fucking did it. And then I did it again. And I did it again. How? How long did he take to poop, though? 
how well you take it. So it was, I, I was, I had this thought. I, the first thing I said is, I'm not going to fucking stand here and wait like an hour while this fucker kept his mind. Yeah. You know but, uh, but he was quick, man. It was like, okay, that's was, good. He just like w- did his business and, and I went back and I passed out and the next morning hardly remembered that I did it. But it was like, yeah, I mean, there were certain things like, you know, we took the dog. I'm not sure if I necessarily would have wanted to do that the next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really have much to complain about. We had a, it was a nice time and the kids had fun and um, we uh, took a gondola up a mountain, you know, and, and hiked on a, it wasn't a mountain. It was like a big hill that they call a mountain. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that part of the was, country. Uh, but it was really cool. Like it was uh, it was fun. So that was that. Um a little bit of big news aside from uh, from my uh, my little vacation. Uh, Ellie Modisett Jr. Um, yeah. Of the, of the Saga of Recluse, one of the most prolific fantasy and sci-fi authors in the universe that is still living, uh, will be coming on Book and Appliant in October to nice. promote his. That's oh man, I'm so excited. I want to ask him about his vest. Have you ever um, met him in person? I've never. So this is. So I've never met him. What happened was, um, I uh, I'm a big fan of his books. I really there's, yeah. some, there's something about that series. Um, so it's hit and miss. I mean, obviously he does exceptionally well, and he's been on yeah. tour for he's been on tour for God knows how many years, and he's one of their big um, authors. But he's one of those authors that sort of slides under the radar a little bit because his books are a little bit quieter. Um, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of big battles. A lot of it is like dealing with the economics and the real life sort of situations of these fantasy and sci-fi worlds. He's really big on the world building. Um, like and he, he does a phenomenal job. Everything is uh, super detailed and he crafts these meticulous worlds. But, you know, there are there are people that love him and will, will just devour everything he does. And there are people that like have never read him. And, and some people don't even like know who he is. But for me, he's one of the guys that I've been like uh, pretty much a completist of um, since I started reading Fed. And uh, I reached out to him one time to do an interview. Um, well, to have Jamie Davis do an interview for um, the fantasy sci-fi focused podcast. Yeah. I didn't think I'd hear back from him. But he, he you know, because he's one of these dudes that doesn't use social media mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, he's in his late seven pushing 78 years old and just doesn't do it doesn't do social media so uh, i reached out to him and i was like it would be an honor i've like read almost all your books and i love your work and we have this podcast anyway he writes me back like five minutes later saying that he would be totally like he actually ended up being a contributor to my blog for a little while yeah i remember that was back when i was still helping and i was actually posting stuff to the site yeah i posted a lot of his stuff so he started writing, you know, blog posts that were specifically related to writing. And some of them were new posts specifically for our blog. Like some of them were on other on his other blog, but he would use them. and He would send the ones that, you know, pertain to what we were talking about. And we post them. And some of them were actually brand new. And uh, then I believe his wife got sick oh. and uh, and we lost touch for all. She's doing better. Um but uh, now he's got a brand new series because he wrapped up his Imager series, which was, I think, 10 books. And he's still the Recluse series is going to probably will go on as long as he's writing. Yeah. Um, but he has a brand new sort of um, sci fi espionage series that uh, he's going to be launching the first of, I think, three books in October. 
And uh, this will be one of his first interviews. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. So I uh, I saw him speak at a con a couple of years ago, and he it was a uh, it was a the panel was for like the business end of writing, right? He was talking about uh, like presentation and stuff about how you need to make sure you stand out at cons, and anyone that's read my books know how I feel about suits. He right. had like the nicest like just bright purple three piece suits. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And that and vest, yeah, he's definitely yeah the vest, um, the vest. Is, he was mostly just it was I think he was just in his uh like long his button up shirt and a vest. Yeah, and it is like that. That's 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 who I want to be at cons. I want to be dressed like that. I don't yeah, obviously not steal his style, but it's like the the vest and the three piece. Like ah, it it spoke to me. No, he's a he's a really um, he's a unique dude, um, and I'm super stoked. I'll we'll let everybody know. Oh, dude, we have some fan mail. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Wanna so, I don't end know. today so, with that? I wanted to talk a little bit about my, uh, about finishing uh, Whiskey Eternal. That's the one other thing that I've got to report. I, I finished okay. my entire first six book series today. Yeah, that's awesome. So six books? It's six books. We just typed the end. Well, my, my co-writer typed the end on his section of it. Um, and he actually uh, posted that there was a, part of it that made him shed a few tears um and then when i was reading what he sent me i shed a few tears so uh real it's it, this one's a real kind of even though it's funny and it's got you know the same it fits in with the rest of the series um mm-hmm. i think partially this is the last book and also because the last book of the series proper there's like one standalone that is a book six this one will actually be book five of the main series okay. um but so potentially this is the last one also uh because it deals with some some pretty heavy issues um yeah immortality and stuff like that i think i mentioned that in one of the other podcasts but yeah you um, brought it up. but yeah no it's definitely a box of tissue uh disclaimer uh, i think on this one so uh really happy about that just happy to get it done get it out september 22nd and move on move on to uh something new and yeah, that's exciting i wish i could finish a series well, you'll get there, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I wish, I wish you could finish a series so I could yeah. read it. Though. You and me hey, both. I, I, I do have some good news for you, though, as far as my book news goes. Uh, so uh, my future mother-in-law, mother of my fiance, has been reading all my shit. Right. And she actually likes it. Oh, good. Uh, well, I mean, it's not yeah. surprising. Good shit. There's nothing not to like. I, I was pretty nervous though, because she's like a huge Terry Pratchett fan. Like she loves all the stuff that I do, and she is like this like she has a degree in editing and technical writing so like she actually knows what she's talking about right but anyway, she finished uh, gods of the broken sea last week and she uh told me oh she told she told me through her daughter she said uh the the characters my characters apparently especially in like the uh, broken redemption series remind her of how stephen king writes characters right well and i almost shit myself because it's like my future mother-in-law just gave me like the best compliments. Well, again, like going back to the, what I always told you about the dark tower, um, especially, um, I don't know. There's this one scene now I'm talking, I mean, this is getting really specific if people haven't read, but there's, there's one scene with, um, what's his name is Jamie render. Yeah. Yeah. He's like one of the, he's a pirate, um, in God's the broken sea, but there's a scene that is from his perspective. Um, where he's drunk. Oh, the one where he's having the one-sided conversation. 
he's having a one-sided conversation, kind of soliloquizing, if that's the word, with yeah. with and that might be the best single chapter that I've read. Damn. Like like that, just that one. If if the book had been just that one chapter, it still would have been fucking awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. But anyway, yeah. So uh, I got a lecture yesterday because we had dinner at their place about uh, why she was very upset the book three wasn't ready yet. Right. So I now have more like people that I actually know in real life yelling at me to get a book finished. Yeah. So no, that I'm, might speed me up a little bit. Awesome. Yeah. No, that's that's the one that um, I'm. I mean, I'm, that's the I'm, I like I like all your stuff, but that's probably the one that I'm yeah. waiting on most. Um, just because it's the follow up to one of my favorite books. So where are we going to go next? You know what I mean? Hopefully somewhere you like or somewhere that makes you cry. I'm not sure yet. Nice. So, uh, you know, this is the 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 uh, the caveat of, of uh, doing anything uh, where you put yourself in the public eye is that you end up with, uh, you know, fan mail. So yeah. I got a couple of I got a couple of these to protect people's identities. I'm not going to name them. OK, uh, so I'm going to call them. I'm going to call this one random female listener. Uh-huh. So random female listener says, you guys are so funny. I laugh my ass off. And tomorrow I'm getting a B-A-A-P tattoo. B-A-A-P. Oh, book and a pint. I'm getting a book and a pint tattoo. Keep up the hilarious work. Oh, wow. That's great. I wonder what kind of tattoo it's going to be. Nice. I can't wait to see. Well, I'll, to... I'll, I'll write her back and I'll, I'll, I'll see if she can. Uh... Yeah, I want to know, like, have we said anything tattoo worthy? I mean, obviously we have, but. Well, I'll get her to, I'll get her to send, a, as long as it's, as long as it's PG-13, we'll get her to send a. A photo. No, we, we have um, the explicit tag. It's okay. Even better. And now we got okay. We got random mail listener. Oh wow. You guys suck. Oh, that's not good. You oh. guys suck. If I wanted to listen to some dude bitch about back pain for an hour, I'd call my dad. I mean, he has a valid point, Michael. If I wanted to listen to some dude, actually, it says some old dude, but I took that yeah. out. But uh-huh. if I wanted to listen to some old dude bitch about back pain for an hour. I ta- I'd call my, it wasn't back pain, asshole. It was my fucking solar plexus or whatever you call this intercostal chest muscle. That's serious pain. Fucking douchebag. <laughs> um, Thanks anyway, for not saying that was for me. That was, uh, okay, so there's fam. So, you know, these things come in uh, in good and bad doses. Good and yeah, bad. Yeah. Um, you know, I think but, only but, one of those would count as fan mail, technically hate fan mail the other one would be what would be hate mail that's hate fine. mail yeah yeah you know what i mean you know what they say no publicity is is bad i publicity. was just gonna say that yeah All right so um yeah so keep them keep it coming guys we're uh we're always into hearing what you guys have to say um so moving on we actually we're a little bit late actually i think she might be I hope she's not pissed off. We have a guest. Oh man, yeah, we're go- yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, today I'll, I'll introduce her. We're 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 being joined by Ann C. Miles, who is uh, I believe a very successful indie author, according to this thing that says best fantasy of 2019. Uh, she's the author of Sorrowfish. I'm I'm super excited to see what she has to say. Yeah, and I'm sure she'll uh, talk a little bit about her book and let everybody. Uh, know what she's been up to yeah we'll give her a chance to do that yeah let's uh let's get her on welcome back we're joined by author and c miles author of sorrow fish 
And how are you doing today? Pretty good. Cannot Great. complain. Awesome. Uh, so why don't you, um, I mean, the purpose of this is not really to get too heavy into seriousness. Like I said, when I um, disclaimed you on this show earlier, um, we're here to have a good time. But that being said, I definitely want you to have the floor to uh, talk a little bit about yourself, uh, tell us about your book and uh, what Sorrowfish is all about for um, our listeners. And uh, then we'll uh, get to the fun questions after that. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I'm 50 which hopefully will make you feel a little better, Michael, because I heard you've had a birthday recently. So I'm older than you. <laughs> oh, don't tell him that. <laughs> well, not just... too many, not too many people are these days. So it does, um, you know, it does make me feel a little bit better. So thank you for the sentiment. I'll <laughs> yeah. make you feel worse later. Don't worry. <laughs> well, you're welcome. Um, I have four grandchildren who are my pride and joy. Wow. Um, so, yeah, um, I started writing in 2017 and I was thinking about writing all the way up until then. So I started my world building for my book in 1998. So, yeah, procrastination's a, a killer. Let's see. I wrote Sorrowfish, which is a weird name. Um, I had a reviewer once who was a marine biologist and he was really upset that he didn't get to read about a mopey fish. But um it doesn't have anything to do with a fish. So uh, when you read it, you'll find out. Um, full time, I am a graphic designer and a web developer. So I have a really kicking author website, which is a cool. Um, and in my past, I have been a ghostwriter and I have also uh, sort of semi professionally gamed. So <laughs> I didn't get paid for it, but I did get a whole lot of acclaim and, and a lot of uh, love. So that was pretty awesome. So anyway, that's just a little bit about me. Nice. Um, why don't you talk a little, what, what's just give everybody the gist of the book. I mean, if you can, if you can sell this book without getting too heavy into spoilers, just um, give everybody a little taste of what it's all about. Sure. Um, so our fish takes place in 2001. And that is significant, but it won't be significant for a while. Um, it's about a bard, a wizard, and a college student from Kentucky who must together break an ancient curse. There is a musical magic system, and there is a dragon in it. So it's a portal fantasy. Awesome. Thank you for including a bard. You're welcome. That makes and me happy. He's not a, a, a nerd either. He's not, you know, like the typical bard. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so that's cool. I always, um, being a musician, um, I always uh, tend to enjoy reading uh, stories that have some musical element to them. So that's actually really cool. Cool. Yeah, well, bards kind of get a bad rap, though, in fantasy. They don't, at least the books I've read, they haven't turned out to be great characters. I don't know why people don't write them like rock stars, except for that one guy who did a rock star thing, uh, Kings of the Wild. But but most of the time they end up being kind of, you know, annoying. <laughs> so I wanted to write one where they weren't. In Kings of the Wild, they get a bad rap, too. They always die. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, they, the, the, bar, the main characters are not bards. They're the rest of the D&D party that complain the bards are worthless. Okay. Bards being my favorite class that always kind of made me sad. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you, don't you um, have a bard? I, I'm going to sound like such a noob, 
when I ask this question, uh-huh. Jenkins, but aren't don't you have a bard character in one of your D and D campaigns? I mean, uh, my second character was a bard. Uh, my first novel, my main character is a, a half orc bard. Like that was my inspiration for it. I took the if I took the D and D route, that that would be his class. So, like me asking about D and D, like probably uh-huh. like you know if I asked like a Greek person. Like somebody yeah. can, like where they could get like a good gyro or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you when you were like uh, the right age to play it, you're probably worried about the satanic panic or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, and I wanted to uh, start off like with some important questions. Uh, you know, because that's what we're here to do is ask the poignant, important questions that you probably haven't had a lot of chance to think about. So, um, Jake, did you want to start? Yeah, so I'm going to go off uh, something that you mentioned earlier when you were telling us about yourself. Uh, So you said you're a a grandma, right? Yes. So what is your favorite thing that you can get away with as a grandmother? Spoiling them rotten. (laughs) Do you, like, get them, like, pump full of sugar, then give them back to mom? Absolutely. (laughs) And she hates it when I do that. (laughs) So, yeah. No, I took my grandson, my oldest twin, um, Ephraim, to see the giants at Bernheim Forest. Have you seen um, their huge sculptures of of trolls, basically, in the forest? And they're beautiful. And um, that was a wonderful day. So, I mean, just getting to share, you know, the things that make me happy with them and and not having to worry about all of the um, fallout from it. <laughs> so like if he goes home that night and has like nightmares about trolls, you don't have to let us to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So in honor of your book title, if you were a fish that was having a really terrible day, mm-hmm. think you would be sad about? Uh, I would be sad about, let's see. I was having a horrible day about no water. <laughs> and then I would, <laughs> but it would be really brief. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be okay? Sad in that situation, you would maybe have like I don't know, thirty seconds to be really sad before you know. Yeah. <laughs> so if I was a fish, you know, I mean that that's that's what I would do. That's some. That's definitely something for a fish to be sad about. Yeah. Sure. So, um, yeah. My, Sorrowfish is actually a play on the word selfish. So the whole idea was that um, people don't act from, you know, they don't do things for rational reasons. You know, we always think of of someone who's evil or who does something wrong, you know, as as doing it because they reasoned out, you know, all this stuff. and, And usually it's not, you know, usually they're just acting from pain. So, um, my main character has to learn that she's not selfish. She's sorrowfish. Ah. And that's where it comes from. Yeah. I like that. That's awesome. Thanks. Do you got another question? Yes. All right. So I, I asked most of our guests this. Um, thus far, I'm losing in the polls. But okay. what, what is your take on fruit on pizza? Yuck. Uh, yeah. Okay. yeah. No, we don't do that. <laughs> it's wrong. <I'm> <laughs> You're all wrong. I want you to know that. You're all so wrong. You're just Are you Canadian? You've got to retire this. No, Michael's Canadian and he's against it. Okay, so he's all right. No, no. Okay, so I I I talk about this way too much. But here's the thing. I don't it's the tomato sauce with fruit that 
Uh, doesn't work for me. But if I were to get like an Alfredo sauce pizza, well, okay, which, yeah. let, me, I let me pitch this again. I've told Michael about this one. It doesn't have to be pineapple. Like I had a pizza once that was chipotle marinated peaches. Oh, yeah, no, it's, a, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever have. Yeah, I don't know. I would, I would try that maybe. Like that's almost like putting a cactus pear on a pizza. Like if it was oh, something right, really, right. if it was something really exotic and something like that, they served me at like a swanky pizza place where they were like, try this. Like the, the, some of the shit people eat it. Some of those restaurants, if you look at it on the menu, it's like, why would I ever eat this? But then they serve it to you and it just tastes awesome because you've got these chefs that are, it's their job to make this stuff taste amazing. Right. So if you were to give me a, a fruit pizza like that, I would probably be down to try it. All right. Now, I'll tell you, there's a fruit pizza that you can make from Pampered Chef, and and it's fine because it's made, you know, with cream cheese, and, and then you put strawberries and blueberries and stuff on top of it, and that's fine. Okay, but so I'm... pie. Huh? So it's a pie. It's a fruit pizza, and that's what I think of when I think of fruit pizza. Right. So I'm from the South. We do not put peaches on pizza. No. <laughs> it works. Yeah, trust me. Okay. What are you, what are you anyway, over? Anyway, sorry. Pie? I'm very no no Daryl took my side. Daryl very very vehemently defended me on that one. So I've had one guest agree with me out of six. (laughs) It's like it's like fruit and beer. Have y'all had like you know the blueberry beer or whatever? Oh yeah, I I, I actually get it. You know what? Since I've um, I used to drink like a lot, and now I drink way less. Um, I do enjoy beer, obviously. The name of the podcast is Book and Appliance. I enjoy my beer. Um, they have like uh, at, at our beer stores, they have something called banana bread beer. You ever tried anything like that, Jenkins? Say that again. Banana bread beer. Am I? Are you losing? Uh, I haven't. Ha- no, no. I heard you. Sorry. Uh, I've I haven't had banana bread. I have had a uh, blueberry milkshake beer though, and I really like that one. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't agree with. I, so I like. I actually like the fruit beers because I feel like they um, they soften the. Um, the alcohol tastes a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, I actually, I actually enjoy fruit beer, but, um, not fruit pizza. So, well, apparently when it comes to fruit, we can only ever get, uh, one out of the three people to agree on it. So (laughs) that's all right. You'll have your day, man. (laughs) I've had it once. That's probably going to be it. I know, but it causes contention and, and, and drama creates story. So it's okay. Yes. And you have a dog? Yeah, I have a dog. No, I know oh, you have a sorry. Dog. I'm asking Anne if she has- <laughs> I know. Sorry, Anne. I did have a dog. Um, my dog passed away um, oh. about a year and a half, two years ago. Oh, this isn't going to... Don't okay. ask the question now, Michael. No, I'm going to ask the question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin it this way. Do you have a cat? No. Okay, can we pretend you have a cat for a minute? Because I don't want to pretend you have a dog because yes. that's way too depressing. Yes. Um, okay, so... Um, we're going to pretend you have this imaginary cat, okay? Okay. Um, so if you were out walking your cat, actually, it doesn't work because it's a cat. And never mind. <laughs> I've, there, I've seen people walk cats before. Uh-huh. I attempted it way back in the day with mine. I don't have cats anymore. They uh, unfortunately passed away years ago, but we did try. Uh, and I've seen it happen, so I'm going to go this way anyway. If you were out walking your cat and you came across a spiky coronavirus-shaped cat toy, would you... A, pick it up and throw it to the cat to play fetch. B, scream and run away. Or C, casually move away from it and explain to your cat the importance of social distancing. 
Oh, that's easy. My grandsons actually have a little ball that looks like a, a coronavirus thing. Everybody and, does. Yeah. Um, so it's left over from when they had a dog. Yeah, we play fetch. It's fine. Yeah. No. Oh, all right. Yeah. Adventurous. It's an adventurous side. I like yeah. that. Thank you. All right. So for my last question. Uh, so I don't like the term guilty pleasure because I don't think you should feel guilty for liking something. But uh-huh. what's what's something that you like? unabashedly just enjoy that most people would look down on you for liking? This is something that I have um, been made fun of for years about, and y'all can just... No, no, we'll be nice. You you disagree with me about fruit pizza, but I'll still be nice. Okay. Well, I love grease, too. I do. Oh, man. (laughs) I know. It's terrible. (laughs) That's the perfect answer. Thank you, (laughs) I know all the words to all the songs, and I think that that movie is hilarious and awesome, and I love it, and y'all can just, you know, kiss my portal if you don't like it. So anyway, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've ever, I mean, I, see, Grease would be like, if somebody asked me what my guilty pleasure was, I mean, I might say something sooner than Grease, but I'm a, like, I'm a fan of, of, I've liked Grease since I was a kid. And like, I'm looking forward to my kids watching it and stuff like that. Um, I don't think I've ever seen Grease too. Oh, I don't even know if I knew it existed. Is that with, um, it's not, that it's not with the same cast, is it? It's Michelle Pfeiffer and Maxwell oh, wow. Caulfield. They play the main characters. The only same. one who came over from Grease was Frenchie, the redhead. Okay, but do they play the same characters, or is it no, no. The new characters? New characters, yeah. Yep. And it is, you know there was ridiculous. A, you know? Do yeah, what? Was a too. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. And the, the music is hilarious. So, if, and if you like off-color music, you'll you'll really enjoy it, but it's 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 very fun. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm getting a, I don't know, have you, have you, have you guys seen Saturday Night Fever? Yes. I have never seen that. Long, a long time ago. I barely remember it, but I have seen it. You haven't, you haven't seen Staying Alive, right? The sequel to Saturday Night Fever? No. I didn't know that existed. Okay. So Saturday Night Fever was actually a really good movie. Well, I mean, it. it I mean, it's the movie. For what it was. Sure. Okay. I'll, really, I'll give you that. For what it was, like, and especially, like, the end is, like, really intense. And it gets, it. you know, there you can see where a lot of the, the influences, how that movie was influential. Mm-hmm. Um Staying Alive was a really bad sequel directed by Sylvester Stallone. Awesome. Were, were they awesome. juiced up? Were they made, like, literally, it was like they made John Travolta, like, juice up on, probably on, on either he just worked out, like, crazy, who knows? It was, like, in the early 80s. Uh-huh. Um, and it was just so bad. It was, like, one of those movies that was just, you know, compared to the original, it was so terrible. So... A part of me would be like afraid to see a sequel to a movie like Grease just because the first one was like such a big part of my life growing up. But if you're telling me it's it's um, that it's it's decent and whatever, I will I will make it something that I put on my bucket list to watch. Okay, now I'm going to tell you this is not (laughs) a good movie. Okay, this is is a fantastic movie. It is so bad. It is excellent. Okay, (laughs) that's what I'm telling you. I saw hey, it 13 times. I do have good year. news for you, though, Ann. I, I, I Googled both of them. Grease 2 has a higher Metacritic score than Staying Alive does. Okay. So yeah. that can be the bar for Michael, and he might be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a bad movie. Um, oh, they're great. It's, everybody likes to watch a bad movie that they know is bad, but they just have so much fun watching it that it's worth watching it anyway. 
So yeah. got it on my bucket list. I will check that out. Um, so I had a question, but I, I think I'm going to, I've used this one before, but I'm going to do it again. Um, Cause I think this is a good one. Uh, in a zombie apocalypse, who would last the longest? A sheep or Tony Bennett? A sheep or Tony Bennett? Yeah. <sighs> That's hard. It is hard. Yeah, probably um, the sheep. Okay, now I need to know why. Because the sheep, sheep actually have anticoagulant or anti-venom properties. So the whole zombie thing, when the zombies attack the sheep, it would probably hurt them. Like if a snake attacks a sheep, the snake, it, it, it doesn't hurt them. So I don't think the zombies would affect a sheep. Wow, a scientific answer. I like it. Thank wow. you. I, I, I would know say, that. I would say Tony Bennett just because he's like 100 years old and he's still performing. Um, and he does have gray hair and sheep yes. also have gray hair. Yes. So there's like a little bit of like similarity there as well. But I'm going with Bennett. Jason, what do you think? I don't know enough about uh, Tony Bennett to weigh in on that. But I do like the town I grew up in at one point had more sheep in it than the rest of the country combined. So I like to think I know a little bit about sheep. But I didn't know the thing about the anti-venom blood stuff. So I don't think I'm qualified to answer this one. But I'll say Tony Bennett just because I, I don't know. Nah, sheep can run okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's a toss-up, man. It is a tough question. Yeah. Like, if I had a question on an exam, like, for school, I would probably fail. <laughs> I mean, it's not the only one that would make you fail, though. I'd be scratching my head saying... Anyway, um, and where can we find you on the internet? You can find me. The best place to find me is actually at my website, my book website, which is sorrowfish.com. And there are games to play and little uh, quotes on little memes for you to share and all kinds of fun things. Um, you can learn about my cast and about my uh, the locations in my book and all of that. I had to make that because there are some people who don't read fantasy and they needed to a guide. <laughs> so I made them a guide. And then um, ancymiles.com is my blog where I will rant about whatever is irritating me at the moment or um, share my wisdom, whatever it is at that point. And then um, I generally come back and apologize. But anyway, <laughs> you can read that. Um, and then um, you can also find me at facebook.com slash Lorca author. So I'm there. And Instagram.com slash Lorca author, where there are a whole lot of pictures of me at Harry Potter World, because that's where I was last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on and uh, wish you really big success. So when's the next one coming out? Hopefully in September. The, my my goal was September 1st, but I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm fighting with a section of my book. So um, oh, it's called Drag. This one is called Drag, D-R-A-I-G, and it's um, the sequel. So yep. Awesome. Well, Great. we look forward to updates. And uh, once again, like I said, uh, great having you on, and all the best with uh, your future writing and everything else. Thank you. Thanks so much, Anne. Thanks. Well, that was Anne C. Miles. Mm-hmm. Cool I emotion. should have to say, I, I jumped on her website while she was talking. That's a real, it really is a good author website. And she yeah. was kidding. There are games to play on there. Well, I think that she, um, that she's definitely a really good um, graphic designer. And I'm pretty sure she's done some stuff with 
video games as well. Um, okay. So I can, I'll have to follow up on that. She mentioned. Yeah, she did mention that that she played games professionally, sort of. So I was curious about that, but well, she posted, she blogged an article about um, the gamification of um, fantasy and science fiction novels. Oh, okay. Um, like and the influence, the impact that um, video games um, have had and uh, role playing games have had on the on the genre, where there's kind of like a cross pollination between oh for uh, sure yeah games that want to be like novels and novels that want to be like games and yeah how it kind of meshes together in this whole you know game lit genre and lit RPG lit RPG mm-hmm. uh, genre and stuff like that. It's kind of a cool article. I'll have to find that. I've had to stop myself many times from writing lit RPG. But oh, I've full on written lit RPG. And I, I, I just can't bring myself like I want to, but it's like I have other projects to do first. Yeah. Actually, so my, I'll, I'll give a spoiler. I you know who Jackson Smith is, right? I do. I I have a prequel trilogy plan that's like his origin, and it's one hundred percent just lit RPG. Awesome. So I will write it eventually. It's just I got to finish the other shit first. So. So I wrote Max and the Captain uh, yeah, as basically as a, a little bit of a parody of a lit RPG. Okay. Because all of our books have little sections where it's like James Reed and myself in script having a conversation about the story and about okay. we're also characters in the story, but that's something that might be semi-spoilerish. You've um, mentioned it already, unfortunately. But in the in in Max and the Captain, in one of these scripts. I talk about how I want to go game lit and how I want to have like a narrator giving them experience. And it's always experience points. Cause that's the only thing I fucking know about video games. Cause I'm not much that's of a fair. gamer. And then, uh, like, and, yeah. I'll say in D and D there's also the milestone leveling system where if once they hit a certain point in the story, they're allowed to level up. So, right. Well, they level up like max eats bamboo and he gets like extra health points okay, and stuff. yeah yeah of course and he gets to he gets like they're they get one death and they're allowed to regenerate in a couple of scenes oh uh, yeah you definitely wrote game lit for sure they are a video but there's a whole thing where I, I mentioned that and uh reed says to me what you buy a switch and play some super mario brothers and all of a sudden you're a fucking gamer wait uh, say that um, game name again pardon me say that again oh he goes i uh, he I, goes, I heard you i just want you to repeat the title of the game did i say super mario Yes. Okay. That was it. Thank you. I just needed to hear the Canada again. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's funny because it's. I don't even know why I said that because as a family, when we play it, we always call it Super Mario. Um, okay. But anyway. Well, I, I, it's for the joke, so I. Yeah, that's fair. It's, that's good. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but yeah. So without even being a gamer and really knowing much about, I've gotten into some. I, I do. I did buy a Switch this year, and I have actually played some nice. cool games. Um, and I, I know a little bit more about what some of the people that talk about things like Assassin's Creed and, and yeah. uh, stuff like that. Like, I've played some of the stuff, and it's fun, and it can be addictive and whatever. But at the time that I was writing it, I hadn't even played any of those games yet. So, okay. Um, but I, I wanted to try it because I just thought it would be a cool thing to do with the story. Um, but, uh, yeah, so... And Miles uh, has written a blog about that, which is actually a really cool read. So I'll uh, find it for sure. Uh, so that's pretty much it for tonight. Um, I want to end on a little bit of a heavier note. Uh, one yeah. of my 
our clients, um, Nathan Thompson, uh, who is actually, while we're staying on Gamelit, uh, he wrote a couple of amazing uh, lit RPG series. Uh, one of them called uh, Challenger's Call and one of them called Soul Shift. They're both, uh, okay. one has seven but really long books and one has like five. Um, the uh, Soul Shift is actually uh, a little bit more of a, um, oh, what's the word? Cultivation. Um, cultivation, oh, okay. Like I've it's a cultivation. I've been enjoying cultivation group. lately. It's That's like cool. nothing I've ever read before, like very, very cool series. Um, oh. Anyway, he's uh, he has COVID and he's in the hospital right now and he's been there for a couple of days on oxygen and he's, you know, it's no big secret because he's he's been very open about giving updates and stuff like that. Um, and he's apparently doing better, but he thinks he's going to be in the hospital for at least another couple of weeks and he's not going to be able to get off oxygen. So, um, anyone that's listening, uh, Nathan Thompson's a really good guy. He's an excellent writer. Um, just, uh, you know, send him, check out his, his, uh, Facebook, check out his work. Uh, he definitely appreciate that and, uh, send some prayers and good thoughts his way, uh, while he deals with this beast of a disease yeah all the best to him hopefully that uh keep us updated i definitely want to know how he turns out but uh, yeah let's everyone check out nathan's books let's help him out while we can yeah nathan a thompson nathan a thompson and that's it so um we'll yeah, have uh, another guest next week have to check who it is yeah uh, you don't have to look it up i i left in you searching for it last week because it was funny to me but we'll just let everyone know next episode who's joining us it's easier that way. Yeah. And, and well, uh, I'd recommend maybe find one of Nathan's books. But as always, let's uh, end on that. Go read a book. Right, guys. Mm-hmm.